during Sundays. Okay, could we put the, the next slide up? One of the great seafaring tragedies of the 20th century took place on the 15th of April, 1912. And you may remember uh, the story, it's become quite famous. It's when the, the Titanic sank, and, uh, and there were 1,503 people that died that night out of a total complement on board of 2,229 people. And it was said that the Titanic, which at that stage was the largest movable man-made object in the world, was actually unsinkable due to its construction. But after hitting an iceberg, and it hit, sort of sideswiped an iceberg, um, because it, the, the, at the last minute they saw the iceberg try to veer away, and uh, sideswiped it, and, uh, and, and just before midnight, sideswiped this iceberg, and a, a gash below the waterline of, of about 100 meters was ripped open, which resulted in literally two hours and 20 minutes later, that ship went under the water with massive loss of lives. And in the Bible, one of the great stories of faith is also about a man who built a boat. And it was called the Ark. And his name was Noah. But the Ark was not a luxury cruise liner to go on holiday. The Ark was there to save lives. The Ark was there to save Noah's life. The Ark was there to save the, life, the lives of his family. The ark was there to save the animals and birds from the worst recorded flood in human history. Do you know that Genesis records for us the worst flood that's ever happened in human history? And Noah's called a man of faith because he listened to God and he built an ark to save himself and his family in a time in the world where people had become more evil and more corrupt than at any other stage in history. Listen to this. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become. And that every, just think of this, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Do you kind of think things have gone full circle? The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth. And it says here that God's heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, and the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I've made them. And the, the life of Noah reminds us that there are 
benefits to living by faith. There are incredible advantages to living by the faith that we have been talking about. We carry on reading. And so the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I've made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. And God saw how corrupt the earth had become. For all the people on the earth had corrupted their, their ways. And so God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with, with violence because of them. I'm, I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. And so make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long and 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Make a roof for it and finish the ark within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. For I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you. and You will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And you are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and them. And Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now let's look at some of the, the benefits for people who choose to live by faith. One of those benefits is that people who live by faith make godly life choices. They make godly, not good, godly life choices. You see, one of the great benefits of choosing to live by faith are the godly life choices that people make even when everybody else is doing their own thing. The earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. That's how people were living in Noah's day. But Noah is a man who walks with God. You see, one of the characteristics of people who live by faith is that they want to please God even when nobody else wants to please God. Look at Hebrews 6, you've, we've, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6, sorry. Remember this, and without faith it is impossible to please God. So, in other words, people of faith who those are those who want to please God, who choose to please God. There's a great example of this way back in, in Genesis chapter 39 uh, in the Old Testament. 
And it's the story about Joseph. You remember Joseph had, had been sold by his brothers. He ends up in slavery. He's in Potiphar's home. He's managing Potiphar's home. He has been given, uh, Potiphar's put him in charge of everything, but he's still a slave. And we read now Joseph was well built and handsome, like most of the guys in the church here this morning. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. He said to her, with me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. Listen to this. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph chooses to keep himself pure, not because his pastor might hear about it, nor because his friends or his dad might be upset. He does it because he wants to please God. He wants to honor God with his life. That's why he was blameless. And Noah makes the choices he does because he wants to honor God and he wants to please God. Listen to verse 9 of chapter 6. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Friends, here's a man who was different to everybody else because his agenda was to please the Lord. You see, people of faith want to please God. They desire to please God. They, they receive real satisfaction from pleasing God. Do you know why? Because God's their treasure. God is their treasure. Biblical faith always makes godly decisions because it's always God first. It's not self. It's not sport. It's not my job. It's not my career. It's no, nor is it money or pleasure or even other people. It's always God first. That's what faith does. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And the lie that every one of us has to face every day of our lives, and it constantly needs our attention, is this. It's all about me. It's all about my pleasure. It's all about my well-being. It's all about what I want. And friends, I've discovered the lie we believe becomes the truth we live by. Living by faith means we put God first. Its desi deepest desire is to please God, not self or people around us, Godly life choices come from realizing and from discovering it's God first. Another benefit of living by faith is that people embrace the provision that God has made for them. In Paul's letters to Timothy, there's some very sobering descriptions of what life on this planet is going to be like. In his first letter, he says to Timothy, the Spirit, here's the Holy Spirit speaking, clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith. 
and followed deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Friends, he's talking about the church. In his second letter, he says, Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Friends, I want to say to you, we are living in those days. Jesus makes a very interesting comparison when people asked when he, when he would come again. He says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And if I may, this morning, say that too many Christians have become distracted by the state of things around them when they need to be focusing on the provision, the incredible provision that God has made for us. Hebrews 11. I put in brackets there so we can understand the meaning of that. By faith he condemned the world. That's what it means. He passed judgment on what was happening. He didn't stand in judgment over people, but he, he passed judgment. He said, that's wrong, and because that's wrong, I won't do that. That's what it means to pass judgment. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. That's why he did what he did in Bolton Ark. Have you noticed that what's happening around us today is that everything, almost everything, is, being, is open to interpretation. Each person decides for themselves what's right and wrong. And we need to be able to navigate that as Christians when every person on the planet is deciding for themselves what's right and wrong. Faith is able to identify the strategy of the enemy, but faith also remembers that the enemy is defeated. Faith is able to see through the lies that people believe, and recognize that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Faith is able to accept that God's patience is not a sign of His inactivity. It is able to recognize that His desire is to see as many people saved as possible. To Peter, you remember these scriptures, the Lord's not slow in keeping His promise as some understand slowness, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Faith knows there's only one solution to all of this, and God has made provision for you and me as well, and it's not an ark, and it's not going to church, and it's not trying to be a good person. His provision is Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High. By faith, we believe that He died 
in our place. Faith does not simply say Jesus died and rose again. Faith says this, he died in my place. He died for John. He took the wrath that was intended for John and the punishment that was intended. He died in my place. He paid the price for our sin. He disarmed the enemy. He breaks the power that sin had over us. He sets captives free. He restores people's soul. He heals us of our diseases. He will always be with us. And He blesses us with every blessing in the heavenly realms. That's what faith says. And it's God's provision. And it's by faith that we believe that and we embrace it and we live by it. But another benefit of faith is that it recognizes that there are no other alternatives. There, any other alternative is futile. I don't know if you've noticed, there's something that Noah took very seriously. He, he took so seriously what God had said that he spent a significant portion of his life, we don't know how long that was, building the ark. God gave him 120 years warning. And he spent a large portion of that time building the ark. So Noah did everything just as God commanded him. But listen to this. This is what he believed. The Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. And Hebrews 11 says, by faith when uh, warned about things not yet seen in holy fear. Noah when warned about things not seen. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you have flown in an aircraft before? Put up your hand. How many of you have been on a train before? Put up your hand. How many of you scared of flying? Some. How many of you would catch a plane if you knew it was going to crash? Anybody? Any takers this morning? How many of you would get on a... How, would, how many of you would catch a train if you knew it was going to be derailed and people would die? How many of you would do that? Friends, you know why you did that? Because you had a holy fear. Nobody's going to step onto something where you know you're going to die. That's simply what Noah did. He said, I don't want to die. I don't want to be like everybody else. That's holy fear. God said he's going to wipe everything out. I don't want to be wiped out. You know what I've discovered? In our day, we've had quite a reaction to this kind of talk. There are people who can't or won't or refuse to believe that the God of love and grace and mercy and kindness, because that's what he is, would ever do something like this. Send People to hell for what they've done. People find that ab abhorrent. How can the God of love do that? Why can't we believe that? Don't we want to see an end to human trafficking? Don't we want to see an end to slave labor, abuse, rape, genocide, torture, adultery, lies, deception, and deceit? Don't we want a fresh start? A new beginning where this kind of thing never, ever happens again. Friends, have you not become sick of it? Because that's what God is going to do. But right now, He's still giving people a chance 
to put things right with him, to repent, to be sure of where they stand with him. When Peter was writing to the believers who had been scattered, he said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to be holy, live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Friends, we are living in a season of grace. We are living in a season of God's grace, graciousness to us. Two Corinthians, as God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you. In the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And that's where I want to land this message this morning. In God's grace and God's mercy and God's provision for us. If there is somebody here this morning who wants to be saved, you can do so today because it's, there's God's grace and mercy for you. I'm not going to assume that because you've come to church here today that you've been born again. I must say to you, I'm really tired of religiousness. I'm tired of dead religion. But what I understand in Christ, there is a new beginning, there is a new life, and there is a new spirit. And what I understand is when you are born of the Spirit, you are changed and I am changed. You cannot possibly be born of the Spirit and carry on as before. That is not what God meant when He talked about being saved. And friends, simply repenting and calling on the name of the Lord, you can be saved this morning. That's the most brilliant life decision you could ever make. If you want to recommit yourself to the Lord, you can do that right now. Because there's grace for that. If you need to repent of something, you don't have to wait another minute to do so. If you want assurance, you can have assurance today. You see, faith believes that. Faith accepts that. Faith embraces that this morning. And I want, as we close this service right now, to give you an opportunity, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and God has spoken to you, to be able to respond to that. So I'm going to ask us to do something very simple. Let's close our eyes. And I would like to ask you, is there somebody here that you're saying, I don't want to make 
unwise life decisions. I want to embrace God's provision for me. I recognize what Christ has done, what Jesus has done, that I can be a new creation. I can be born of the Spirit of God this morning. That is your desire for your life. It's the faith choice that you want to make today. And I want to ask you, can we today take this moment really seriously? If we would be unwilling to get on a plane that would crash because we don't want to lose our lives, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to commit your life to Christ and follow Christ when there's a bigger disaster on the horizon and you can be saved from that. Is there anybody here today who's saying, Lord, I choose? I want to be saved. I want to be born of the Spirit. Please just do something for me and slip your hand up if that's the decision you want to make. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody that's saying, I just need to commit, recommit my life to the Lord. Just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody here today is saying, there's some stuff I really need to repent of. I want to just put it right with God. There's grace for that today. Just slip up your hand for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I sensed coming here today that um, there's some people that are struggling a lot with assurance. Assurance of their salvation. Anybody here like that saying, I really just want to have an assurance of my salvation today? Thank you. Amen. Now, what we're going to do as we close off, and I'm uh, going to ask the team if they'll come and lead us in a song. And uh, you are the body, you are the people of God, and so we want to minister to those who uh, have indicated they, they are responding to the Lord this morning. So while we're singing, if you've responded, I, I'm going to invite you to come to the front, and then I'm going to invite those of you who are here in the congregation to come and minister to them. Come and pray with them. Come and stand with them. We are God's people. We need to walk together. We need to carry one another's burdens. We need to support one another. We need to pray with each other. So we're going to do that this morning. And uh, so uh, there is an opportunity while we're singing this song, uh, people will come to the front. Just come around them and pray with them and spend some time with them. And let's minister to one another. If you've got any other needs, please feel free to come as well. Uh, you may want prayer for healing, uh, for some other reason you'd like prayer this morning, and we welcome you, we invite you to come to the front so that we can pray with you 
and minister as well. Thank you, Elnery.